You're listening to Back to the Light with J.D. Rieger. Hey everybody, welcome to yet another episode of Back to the Light. I am J.D. Rieger. It's a bittersweet thing to be back with you today, whenever you listen to this, because we're here to celebrate the life and talk about the passing of Jared McStay. Jared and his band The Simple Tones slash Simple Ones was an inspiration to me as a younger man, and getting to know him and be a part of Shangri-La under him was one of the great honors of my life. He was a good dude, and as they say, he'll be truly missed. Later in the show, I'm going to replay my conversation with Jared from 2021 and spin some of his music. But first, I'll bring in Jared's friend and business partner, John Miller. Hey, John. Thanks for taking a moment to talk to me. Yeah. Hey, man. Good to talk to you. Yeah. Sorry. It's uh, under these circumstances. And uh, also, sorry that it had to be over Zoom. It just worked out to be better for both of us, I think. Yeah, well, that's okay. Uh, we can hug it out later. Um, but yeah, um, we can tough. and have. Yeah, pro- probably will again. Uh, uh, Facebook just uh, sent me a memory of us uh, uh, getting a big one in over at uh, Crosstown. Was that your final um, Rock for Love before Maybe. you? Maybe. Yeah, that's you know that was a that was a big one. So I, I love I love the way you phrase that. Getting a big one in. Yeah. Good, yeah. good stuff. Um, but before we get into talking about Jared, I do want to ask how you're holding up because I know it's been tough, not only on the emotional loss front, but you're also taking on a lot of new responsibilities at the shop. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, as much as anybody can be okay, um, you know, when you lose uh, somebody that you've been close to for uh that, that period of time and, you know, getting to work with Jared here for 10 years, um, well, just shy of 10 years, but, um, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's hard replacing, uh, those things that are, you know, the day in day out. Um, well, I mean, they're impossible to replace, uh, you know, uh, not being able to walk in here and, uh, get his Grizz hot takes. Um, I always love them, uh, cause they were always hot. Uh, and he, he was ready to dole them out. And that was a fun way to start the day. Just, um, you know, jumping in on, uh, all the things that could be done better and, uh, all that. And then, you know, hashing out, uh, what we were working on for the shop and all that is just, uh, you know, it, it is, uh, definitely strange, uh, starting days up here without him. But, um, you know, the, the thing I'd say that, uh, has been really unbelievable um, for me personally. And I, I can't really necessarily speak for anybody else, but uh, the way I've seen the community rallying around all those people who were close to Jared, his friends and family, and especially Lori, has been pretty remarkable. You know, um, and not just uh, not just locally, but um, you know, from a distance too. Uh, it, it's been really cool, you know, seeing uh, the responses uh, from ex Memphians uh, that live elsewhere now. Uh, as well as, uh, you know, like, uh, Sean Zorn, who, uh, is a great drummer here in town was, uh, playing up in New York with Amy LeVere and Will Sexton. And on the way out of the gig, um, said they turned on WFMU and they were talking about Jared and Shangri-La. So you just see like, you know, uh, the guy, uh, 
was a local hero, but um, he uh, he did a whole lot uh, that touched people outside of uh, Memphis as well. You know, going back to the sports talks with Jared, which I've also had many opening of the day sports chats with him. You guys had the extra connection of being Boston bros. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to, to a certain extent, um, you know, uh, my dad had uh, lived up in Boston in high school. So I grew up uh, supporting the Red Sox and the Celtics. And, you know, Jared still had some uh uh, love for the Red Sox, though, uh, with the Grizzlies coming in, he'd certainly replaced uh, the Celtics uh, with uh, the Grizzlies' first love. But uh, yeah, he he was he was a huge football fan, which uh, American football isn't necessarily my jam as much. But uh, the man loved Tom Brady, so uh, I I know more about Tom Brady than I ever intended to know. Um, <laughs> and it, yeah, it was always fun to you know talk about the Red Sox. The uh, maybe next year, but. Uh, I think uh, he was pretty pleased uh, that he somehow got to live through an era where he saw um, uh, multiple Red Sox uh, World Series titles and a number of Patriots uh, wins over that uh, dynastic couple decades that they had. So, yeah, I think he felt uh, pretty lucky with his Boston uh, sports fandom, so had turned uh, all of his energies to the Grizz, uh, trying to see if he could uh, help push this one across the line. Yeah, speaking as a Cardinals fan, I was on the receiving end of a lot of razzing during both of those uh, Red Sox World Series victories there, buddy. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, you know, if it makes you feel any better, uh, there were only two over uh, the Cardinals of the four, so really only half of the most recent uh, ones. But I think if you uh, go back in time, the the Cardinals got the uh, Red Sox number uh, a, a number of times back in the 60s. It is two to two historically, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think, you know, for me, the shocking or the most shocking part of all this maybe is just how quickly everything we got here. You know, it's not that long ago that I remember a pretty vibrant and, uh, you know, I'm trying not to yeah, use the word I mean, vivacious, but I mean, he was a big, hearty, full of life dude. And uh, we we lost him really quick. Yeah. Um, you know, that. It's one of those things uh, when he got his diagnosis this spring, uh, you know, it was already at stage four at that p- point. So, you know, you're up against uh, a crazy fight. But um, like you said, that vivaciousness, that life that he had, he poured it completely uh, into that fight. And, uh, you know, Jared, you know, lived a, a, a public life musically, but, um, you know, th- there was a private side to him as well. And I think this was, uh, you know, an example of that where, you know, he really just needed to, uh, you know, kind of, uh, bat down the hatches and really, you know, prepare himself, uh, for, you know, the, the fight of his life, which, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, uh, there were, you know, complications, uh, along the way, in addition to, uh, you know, an already very difficult diagnosis. Uh, so it, it just, uh, it unfortunately, um, kind of fell off, uh, the cliff the last, um, last month, um, especially the last couple weeks. And, uh, you know, at that point, uh, the doctors, uh, you know, suggested, uh, some, you know, alternatives and Lori and Jared were working on a Hail Mary opportunity, uh, with Vanderbilt. But, uh, unfortunately he just couldn't, couldn't, uh, 
get to that. So they were able to make him comfortable at home, uh, which is nice, you know, and, and we never get to pick our time and place necessarily, but uh, for him to have been home, Lori be there. And, uh, you know, there was a, a nurse who'd been uh, helping his family for years. Uh, Jared's dad had uh, been diagnosed with Parkinson's and uh, dealt with that battle uh, for uh, the end of his life. And uh, so to have a, you know, a, a healthcare um, a professional who was also at that point, almost a family member, be able to be there uh, both for him and Lori um, was, I, I know uh, something that uh, really meant a lot, helped them. And uh, you know, uh, again, just being able to be at home in his own bed, uh, his cats and, you know, a lot of the times uh, there towards the end, uh, he'd gotten a little uh, portable record player uh, for his house. Um, and so uh, when I'd go over there, we'd uh, you know listen to, you know, some Memphis Garage 45s that he loved. He was so pumped. We found a guillotines uh, 45 online uh, that he bought. And uh, he uh, he was loving that. Uh, one of the last uh, things we played over there. Um, so uh you know, to the end, he was, uh, he was surrounding himself with music and loving it. Uh, I take it. He'd ask for me to, uh, bring him a crate of Memphis 45 so he could just keep, you know, spinning through stuff. So, uh, he, he, uh, you know, was a Memphis music lover through and through, uh, from day one. And, uh, you know, that, that spirit, uh, carried him all the way to the end. Do you have a favorite memory? I have a couple jotted down here in front of me but do you have a favorite memory of of jared from you know when when better times i guess oh sure yeah i mean uh so many uh you know over the decades some of them you know silly and ridiculous um you know just uh you know backyard karaoke uh parties at his house backyard grizz watch parties at his house uh after which he'd uh you know, whoever was hanging around, if they could play an instrument, it was upstairs to the jam room. And, uh, you know, he just, he loved playing music and he didn't care who was there and, you know, what they wanted to do. He just wanted to get in the mix and figure it out and have a good time. Uh, you know, all the, you know, shows we did here, um, over the years, uh, I, I think in particular, um, two that, that stand out, uh, to me, one was his 50th birthday party when we did uh, Jug Fest up here, and uh, he got the simple ones back together and played. And man, uh, just you could see the kid in him uh, that just lost in uh, the fun of making that music with people who uh, he really cared about. Yeah, you know, actually, one of my favorite memories is a Simple Tones show at shangri-la too i think it was one of their first reunions i guess it was a rock for love show which jared was always very gracious to host a rock for love day party every year that we asked him and uh, one year we asked him to get the simple tones back together even and he said yes and uh, that show was just was really really killer yeah yeah and i mean you know he would always put a hundred percent into, uh, the show. Like, 
you know, he didn't care if somebody messed up or something like that. It was always just like, that's all right. Just keep giving them the energy. Keep, you know, just keep it coming. They, you know, hit them so hard and fast that they don't know, you know, that you missed something along the way. And, uh, you know, he just, he had, he had a lot, a lot of fun. And I, I just remember him that day. And then another day that I remember him having, uh, a ton of fun was, uh, when we did, uh, uh, la la fest uh for Lori uh for her birthday and so it was a lot of bands um uh, that uh, uh she played in and that he got to be a part of uh and just uh, he loved uh he loved seeing her play and he loved being able to play with her share that with her and see her shine uh on the stage you know uh he was never somebody that uh, was greedy for a spotlight uh, in that kind of way. He loved playing. And he loved whoever uh, you know got in the mix, uh, seeing them have fun with it, because that just meant the whole thing was more fun. And uh, that those are some of the things I think that uh, you know, no matter what event or show or anything it was, uh, I'll just remember how much fun he had and uh, how much he loved seeing other people have fun and have success and and do what they were doing and uh, and do it well. Yeah, I remember one Shangri-La Christmas party, and this isn't even on my list of things I wrote down, but I remember him walking around with two drinks in both hands and just going around to people and making people take drinks out of his drinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he, he, uh, he knew how to jumpstart a party, and uh, if uh, if you weren't uh, there yet, well, he, he wanted you to get there. Um, yeah. He, he could show you the fast lane. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think that's a great way of putting it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Never one to uh, look a good time uh, and uh, turn the other way. He he definitely uh, anything, whether it was, uh, you know, something with Shangri-La, you know, stuff he was doing, um, you know, with uh, Lori and, and uh, Alicia Pop or Relentless Breeze. I mean, or the you know, radio the whole, show. Yeah. Oh. Um, God, the radio show. I mean, just seeing two people have so much fun together and like, you know, I don't know that that's really special. And, and if folks who are listening haven't heard um, Switching to Glide, uh, the WYXR show that uh, they did together, I highly recommend uh, you visit their website. They have everything archived. You can uh, go back and listen to those shows and uh in addition to all the great music that they bring together and it is all over the map but it is all meant to jumpstart your weekend uh they also had tons of bits and uh you know friends and special guests and uh character work that's right that's right uh it, it was just <laughs> emblematic i think of the fun that jared loved to have and uh and that he and Lori specifically shared together in such a cool unique way um you know, re really just a, a beautiful window into their world together. Yeah, for sure. For some reason, I keep coming back to this. This time, Jared got me a gift. I came I came into the store one day and he, he had bought me a bobblehead. It was actually a St. Louis Cardinals bobblehead that he had found at a thrift or no, at a garage sale. And he was I came in and he was like, hey, man, I got you something. And I was like, oh, cool. And he was like, no, don't get too excited. I got it at a at a garage sale. And for some reason, that don't get too excited is just cl it's it's classic Jared, and it cracks me up every time I think about it. And also, well, also, it the gift itself was kind of a dig because it's a National League championship 
bobblehead from a year the Red Sox beat the Cardinals in the World Series. <laughs> Please tell me you think that was intentional. Um, I actually kind of do. <laughs> that's that's epic level trolling. Hey, I wanted to give you a burn gift. Um, that's I, I love it. You know, I love that it that it is kind of like a little bit of a dig, and and that also just the memory of him. You know, don't get too excited. Uh, it's classic Jared in in my memory. Yeah, I, I I've got a few of those where he'd be like, "Oh man, I was you know up in Rhode Island, and uh, you know, and don't don't get excited. You know, I was at a thrift store, but I found this Pedroia shirt, and I thought you might like it. And like, yeah, dude, of course. <laughs> I like, I don't care that it's used. That's awesome. Um. I love Petey. Um, uh, mm-hmm. After uh, whom uh, he and Lori named uh, one of their cats, uh, and oh, Mr. Pitiful. Uh, it, oh, he's he's something else. Um, he and uh, he and a number of the cats they've had. Uh, Sir Walter Wallace. Um, uh, he was pretty special. And if you're not familiar, also uh, please uh, try to scour through. Uh, that archive and hopefully you'll come across some of the uh, cat based uh, songwriting that Jared and Lori did together. Uh, There's a great song uh, called Sir Walter Wallace. um, And another one that uh, is probably my favorite that they did together um, called safe passage, but they recorded with uh, Stu Sykes uh, down in Austin, their buddy uh, Stu. um, He's worked with uh, white stripes and all sorts of. uh, Yeah. Yeah. I I think one of those songs at least ended up, on the Wovebirds recordings, I think Sir Walter Wallace might have been a Wovebird song. I remember that one. It's super fun. It's very like um, you know, yellow submarine. Like we're just having fun and putting on uh, you know a bit of a Cockney accent here and there. Um, he, yeah, that that was just you know another thing that uh, I always think about uh, with Jared is like his ability to uh, thread a needle of uh, you know writing either about a ridiculous subject or writing something that's comedic um but also serious and and good like th- that is a impossible line to walk um you know comedy is normally comedy and music is music and never the twain shall meet but um you know uh like safe passage again one of my absolute favorite songs because it's it's on its surface the most beautiful song about uh you know someone in, in a place of uh hardship loss trauma whatever it is um just need to get from here to there just a simple plea you know um i just need safe passage to get from here to there and when you hear that you're like man that is hard hitting and like sweet and deep and all that kind of stuff but when you know the real meaning of the song it's about the two cats. And if they uh, crossed uh, the dining room uh, threshold and the other one was there, uh, they were forced to do battle on the rug there, uh, which became known as the battle rug. And so safe passage is just about when Petey was little uh, needing to get across uh, that to get to the food bowl. And uh, at that point, Wally was, uh, was a biggins and uh, he would just block the way and attack him every time. So, uh, I, I love that song. Uh, it was the um, the last moment at uh, Jared's funeral. Uh, Lori uh, played that as we were all leaving. And I thought, um, you know, uh, it was just really appropriate, really sweet. And, um, you know, uh, right now we all do need a little safe passage to get from here to there, figuring out, uh, you know, the next stages and all that. 
Well, speaking of next stages, I'm sure a lot of people have asked you about the future of the store. Is there anything you want to say about that at this time? You know, I just, I'd say, you know, we're going to keep going, uh, you know, uh, in, in the spirit of uh, Jared and Sherman before him, you know, uh, celebrating the talent in this uh, city, um, you know, making sure there's a place where people can uh, buy records uh, from uh, local and regional bands, as well as, you know, uh, the classic uh, Memphis music uh, from years past and, and, you know, some of everything else. Um, you know, we, we want to continue that legacy. And I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of people uh, that uh, have worked with Jared over the years, um, and this has meant a lot to me that have uh, reached out and said, you know, I'm not even looking for a job, but if you need help, you know, if there's anything I can do, you know, let me know. Um, so, you know, just shout out to all those folks. Um, you know who you are. If I, if I started name dropping, I know I'd leave somebody out right now, but uh, you know, that, uh, that community, that support that we have here, uh, it's really special. And it's, you know, the thing that's going to, you know, help us uh, carry on uh, while we're, uh, you know, still, carrying this burden of loss, but, um, yeah, uh, you know, Shangri-La will continue, uh, to be here, uh, hopefully for many, many, uh, years to come. Amen to that. And, uh, yeah, I think I just want to close by sending love to Lori and to Hank and really all of his friends and family and everyone who loved him or, or even just knew him customers who liked him, you know, Love, love to everybody who's affected by his loss, including us. Yeah. Yeah. And just, you know, seeing all those people, uh, you know, streaming in the store and, you know, offering condolences and, you know, memories, the, you know, uh, photos and memories shared on social media. Um, all the people who, uh, you know, were at the visitation and funeral and have been around, uh, in these weeks, uh, you can't imagine, uh, what that means to us. We, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's holding us up at a time where we're hurting and, uh, you know, uh, we know we can carry on, uh, together, keeping that, uh, jughead spirit alive. Um, you know, having fun celebrating Memphis and, uh, yeah, jughead forever, baby jughead forever. Now let's hear my conversation with Jared McStay from 2021. This was recorded on location at Gonerfest. Yeah, I hear you. Turn me up just a, a just a, a little bit. I'm deaf as fuck. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Okay. This is cool. I like y'all's little setup here. It's mostly his stuff. This is great. Ring my bell. Are we rolling? You can ring my bell. Ring my bell. You wanted some loose off-the-cuff stuff? There we go. Okay. I'm here with Jared McStay. This was your first ever time playing Gonerfest, yes. right? It took me 18 times. 18 years. That's right. You finally they made, made it. Me, they made me wear a Goner t-shirt. They wouldn't let you wear the Shangri-La threads? No, it was part of uh, part of our contract that Jughead had to wear a Goner shirt at Gonerfest, and I apparently I'm the only one here I, that's that wears one. Yeah, I, it's I don't so see uncool. A, it's I like wearing a lot your of band T-shirt at the show, you know. <laughs> so how was it? How was your experience? Oh man, it was totally a Goner. I broke two guitars before I even played, and then I had to use Alicia's backup 
which I brought. So I brought three guitars, and I played all three of them. I broke two of them before we even played. All right, let's just get into the weeds about guitar stuff. Here we go, JD. <laughs> let's do it. Okay, so my first one, which is my gamer, the one, like, you know, it was my jazz master. Okay, so this has never happened to me, but, like, I uh, try... I tried to plug, uh, put my lead, the guitar lead into the socket or, you know, the, what you plug into on the guitar and it pushed it out. Is that ever happened to you before? I can't say that The lead pushes, like, I was just like, oh my God, did my guitar, I just broke my guitar. And so then I had my backup and it did this thing right as we were freaking playing where the nut, like the E string and the nut, like sunk in. Oh, I think I saw that. I noticed and it was that like, just for a second. It was like, a, and I was just like, I can't tune this guitar. And also, I can't play this low E string, which in Alicia Pop is kind of a pretty, you got to play your low E string. Okay, or I did. And then I just freaking, I just didn't. And like, Alicia was like, we're playing, let's go. And uh, so, I, I don't know. But then, yeah, she lent me her backup guitar, and I kind of, we kind of got going mid-set. It felt like it started getting going. And no, it was, I was really cool. Fun. Yeah, we got, I got to um, do, oh, uh, I wrote one, like, of her hundred, I've written one song. But uh, we got to do it, and I was... Was that the one that you sang backup on? Put, yeah, it's called uh, Don't Put Me on the Spot. Oh, and neat. I wrote it for this band, and it was just... It's all this minor stuff that sounds like her, and, like, I don't know. And it actually sounds just like the song uh, we did act- after called Creep Face that Jesse was running... or Jesse Davis was running all around to get that... Anyway... I mean, this is a compliment to you when I say that it sounds like an Alicia song. It's well, cool, yeah. right? That's I know. As soon as I was writing it, I was just like, "Oh my god, this sounds just like it would be a good Alicia song." And yeah, she liked it. So, how long have you been playing in Alicia Pop? We, I think, about two plus years because we just on my Facebook, I got we got this. We played it uh, the Montessori school, the behind the. You know, behind the school where they do the... I forget. The River Series. Oh, yeah, it yeah. Wasn't, I don't think it was... I saw Robin one. Hitchcock there. Yeah. It was one of those, I think, and we... But I got one of those, and we played it in the before times. And so, yeah. I don't know. Maybe this does sound better without my mask. I'm sorry. It's fine. Hey, now listen to me, folks. Here well, we go. I know you got a big record release coming up, oh, So Gung yeah. Ho. So Gung Ho. It's a band I'm in with um, uh, Graham Winchester and Seth Moody. Where you basically just joined Turnstiles. I did. I, I begged to join Turnstiles, and they turned me down, And uh, as they do everybody. But I, it, it, in my def- well, not defense or whatever, but like I went, actually it was me and Geraci went to their gig. It was at the Cove and I, as I was going to that gig, I wrote so, the song called So Gung Ho in my, in, on the way to that gig. And uh, they did it, or we tried to do it, and then we just did a band, and I don't know. But I'm really excited about that record. It's, like, the best kind of stuff I've done since The Simple Tones. And I'm 
excited to hear it. Yeah. And it's coming out on your own label. Yeah, we made a label called Blast Habit. And uh, it's me and my wife, Lori, who just played in Felicia Pop. And she's in all the bands. And she's just incredible. Um, but, uh, yeah, we... Yeah, we it's oh she and I and uh, Graham Winchester, and who's just a force of nature. Of course, I'll be see, he's playing in every other band right, festival I'm from sure here he, on out. He's, yeah, he, I don't think he's on tonight, but he's yeah. Or no, I'm sure he's playing after this and you know ten other times. Uh, what inspired you guys to put together a label? Well, we wanted to put that record out, and. I just like you know it, it, we did it right we did it with Andrew McCullough and it, it was it was done and it, we were gonna put it out in 2020 and then the pandemic hit and we were just like man what the hell what are we gonna do and then we just decided you know we were in so many other bands and we had so many other projects to go together or and also it wasn't really just about being a label it, you know we're a live uh, sound thing too like and we're all in wedding bands and so we play weddings and you know we were just saying man we should just like do a whole thing and make t-shirts and be a t-shirt company and i don't know it's just i don't know where this is going jd (laughs) (laughs) we didn't have a big plan but the big plan so far is just to put this first so gung ho record out but like we've had a lot of response like people want to uh work with us so yeah what do you say when people ask you about that because i've had people ask me about being on back to the light i just want to be like you know it's not a real label right Right. or and it's also like you know it's not coming out for like at least a year (laughs) right i mean there is it's, and then they go, and then pretty quickly they're just like, oh, okay. Yeah. And I don't know. I've heard Graham say, don't you have other projects in the pipeline too for Blast Habit? We do, That's, we do. Yeah. yeah, we have a band, um, uh, Lori and I, and the Moody's, uh, Seth and Coco Moody, who are in the cassette set, and Seth is in a billion bands. And, of course. He's and with, so is Coco. Yeah. Uh, who just, by the way, Coco Moody is just, she, she is the banshee that this City needs. I remember seeing her. I think it was it one of those Graham Winchester, like the Stones tribute. She's maybe, in a, uh, or well, their main one of his band is called the Cassette maybe? Set, and they I've, do tons of '80s covers. I've seen them. But then, yeah, Coco plays with the Turnstiles all the time, and then we have a, a band with her, and it's just really fun. And I don't know. So you're gonna record that records already yeah, oh, recorded yeah, we, too? Well, we we have like three tunes done, but our singles done, and that song's called Bon Vivant. I want to go where the nightlife takes me. I wrote that tune. Um, you're something of a Bon Vivant. I yourself. am. You know, look at me. I got a drink in my hand. <laughs> I'm done playing Gonerfest. <laughs> It was over before it best, started. I know. That's the best part about playing in the first band. He's like, I'm done now, right? I don't. Yeah. I, I can just kind of sit back and, you know, enjoy and regret. <laughs> this, this is historically a pretty big week for the shop, too, right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Every Goner Fest is really good for Shangri-La. We always do pretty well. You know, uh, I don't. I haven't been there all day today, so I don't know. I don't know what the. I bet that's nice. What the gate was today, <laughs> but 
Buds. Is there anything going on at the shop you want to plug before we I'm sure there see is, to the band? I can't. I don't know. I can't think. What? I've you already. Know, we're still open. How about that? Shangri-La Records is still open for your... God, I'm just way up in this mic now. And would you believe that there's we're at, we're at the one-year anniversary of the Shangri-La Records podcast? Yes. And I'm loving what you're doing with it. It's great. I know you got Hugh, you have Hewlett. I didn't listen to it yet. It's actually a really good episode. Okay, cool. He plays live and he DJs some unreleased stuff. Right on. Yeah. Secrets. Is there anything else you need to unload before please, we go? Please, please stop me from talking anymore. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Jared. All right. Love you guys. <laughs> to close the show, let's hear Jared's song, Safe Passage, which John spoke about earlier, and then the classic Simple Tone song, Pen. Rest in peace, Jared. Jughead forever. Love you guys. <laughs>